Hi, I'm Jeff, and you're listening to Intercom on Customer Engagement. Episode 4, The Anatomy of a Message. With most things in life, roughly 80% of the effects come from only 20% of the causes. For instance, 80% of Warren Buffett's wealth comes from just 10 investments, and about 80% of software problems are caused by only 20% of bugs. The Pareto Principle, better known as the 80-20 rule, states that a small number of things will have a disproportionate impact. When you're communicating with your customers, 80% of your success will come from those important but often overlooked tasks. A compelling subject line, clear paragraphs, and an obvious call to action. In this episode, we're going to dive into how to get those all-important details right. First and foremost, there's your subject line. This isn't the time for purple prose. You have a limited amount of words to play with, so be clear and direct. When viewed on a desktop, the average inbox will show about 60 characters of the subject line. But people are increasingly reading email on their phones, more than 50% according to some estimates. And in that scenario, you can't be sure that any more than 30 to 40 characters will be visible, which means you have less than six to eight words to get to the point. Our own research has found that on average, Messages that are actually opened have shorter subject lines than those that aren't. Of course, this can't just be any five words. You have to make sure they're interesting, too. For example, Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign team used simple and personal subject lines to notably great effect. With lines like, I'd love to meet you, and our personal favorite, dinner? There's always the temptation to game the system with subject lines that prioritize total clicks over clear communication. But there's a law of diminishing returns with those kind of growth hacking tricks. For example, add the words, win an iPhone 10 to your subject lines, and you could see your open rates double. But there will be no significant change in the behavior aside from recipient disappointment. The golden rule for subject lines is actually quite simple. Your subject line should describe the subject of your email. Can the reader tell from the subject line what you're writing about without going any further? If they can't, Why are you insisting that they guess? You're not Agatha Christie. You're not paid to surprise your audience. So whatever it is you're trying to communicate, say it in your subject line. Equally important is the tool that will usually close your messages, your call to action. It's obvious that you will need to give a clear next step. A good call to action needs to be persuasive and compelling. It should also be more descriptive than just click here. Instead, try using command verbs like read more on the blog download the app, upgrade now, order yours, or compare plans. You also need to give readers a reason why they should complete your call to action. Make sure the content directly related to the button or link is not only sufficiently explanatory, but also clearly shows the benefit of taking the action. Giving a call to action a sense of urgency can also help. Something like, give example app a try. It's free for 60 days though there's a fine line between a sense of urgency and coming off as pushy. Just remember, not everything is as pressing to your readers as it is to you. Now, let's look at a common debate. When to use a button and when to use a link. Buttons in a message should be used for primary actions. They're attention-grabbing and prominent, and they're the best way to define an item that requires action. One note of caution, though. Avoid using more than one button in any single message or email a button should really be considered your ace in the hole. Links, on the other hand, are best for non-crucial actions, 
things like linking to supporting documentation or best practice guides. It's also easier to include links within the copy of your email because they don't cause the reader to come to an abrupt halt. The risk, though, is that makes links easy to miss or forget unless they're properly set apart from the rest of the email's copy. To avoid this, try lengthening the number of words that a link covers. Instead of just linking the word upgrade in a sentence, link an entire action or thought, like, you can upgrade on our pricing page. Whatever you do, don't overcomplicate things by giving your customers multiple options. There should only be one primary call to action in each message. Okay, so your message has a compelling subject line and a clear call to action. Now comes the meat in the middle, the actual body of your message. There's nothing more disheartening than opening a message to see a dense block of text. In his famous paper, The Magical Number 7, Plus or Minus 2, psychologist George A. Miller explains how people can remember more when the information is properly separated out for us. Take this string of numbers, 06081988. Even though it's only eight numbers, it's much harder to scan than 06-08-1988. You probably didn't realize that first string of numbers referred to a date. Those slashes help us parse the numbers into shorter and more recognizable units, which makes it easier to understand and remember the information. You can apply the same principle to your messages by using clear, distinct paragraphs. Long paragraphs of more than four or five lines discourage even the most committed reader, so break your message into clear two- or three-sentence chunks. This adds that all-important white space that makes your message easy to scan. But, a note of caution here. It is possible to use too many paragraphs. Many businesses today follow the James Joyce approach, writing single-line paragraph after single-line paragraph. This might work well for that novel you've always wanted to write, But in email form, your reader could get lost and miss something important. Instead, improve the readability of your content by varying paragraph lengths every so often. Okay, you've almost assembled your message, but one often overlooked element remains, your footer or postscript. While the internet was still in its infancy, direct marketers had long figured out that after the headline, the postscript is the most read piece of a sales letter. It's one of those things that is mapped pretty neatly to the digital world. So you should consider putting a well-crafted PS on your messages. You can use it the same way a novelist uses a cliffhanger at the end of a chapter. Let your message draw readers into a story, and then use the postscript as the final page-turner that forces them to click the link and keep reading. Email footers are often an afterthought for most businesses, but they're a critical piece of your message, especially in the early days of your relationship with a customer. There are certain things people will instinctively look for at the bottom of an email. Details about your brand, what country you're based in, how to contact you, and options to manage subscription preferences are all useful. Above all, this is a place for transparency and clarity, so try not to overwhelm with your brand's personality. Now that you know the pieces that every good message needs, up next, we'll look at a few of the different types of messages you'll want to send. This has been Intercom on Customer Engagement.